Cool. It says we're live. Awesome. Well, I'm live. I'm recording it now. So, uh, awesome. All right. I guess we're doing this. So yep. it's the uh, the Medic Up podcast from uh, Responder Solutions Group. So everybody makes it look so easy. Let's see what happens. So I got uh, the skinny, the interwebses, skinny medic with me today. Pretty much like I said before in the write-ups. I'm just going to have my friends over. I'm going to talk about whatever is interesting to us today and go from there and see what shakes loose. So this, uh, this week, uh, the first week, uh, EMS week, we're at the end of that. For everybody out there working EMS, fire, police EMS, and mostly EMS for us this week. So uh, good job. Thanks for what you do. Um, whatever you collected on your free stuff this week, your free food, your T-shirts, your challenge coins, your whatever, good job. Keep doing what you do. Um, the two of us, though, are recently off of the uh, National Tactical Medical Competition 2017 from uh, – Hosted up in Charlotte, North Carolina, by Special Operations Aid and Rescue, um, and it was a good, it was a good competition. It was crazy. Um, we got smoked. Um, you know, it's pretty tough. The three peat champions of the South Carolina uh, Paramedic Symposium Championship guys with our big trophies walking up there and getting humbled pretty quick. So. Um, what do you got to say there, Dietrich? I think so. Like I feel like it was definitely obvious the difference between tactical medicine and street medicine. Absolutely. Um, I think that was a big time. Like I feel like I'm a fairly decent paramedic in the street, and then we got there just setting up casual collection points, the physical part of it. Huge gap between street paramedicine and and tactical field care and yeah. tactical medicine. The medicine, the medicine, no doubt. That was easy. The physical part. Everyone they said like three times. This isn't a, this isn't a tactical CrossFit competition. It was, it was quickly a tactical CrossFit competition um, <laughs> that we were. Well, I was grossly underprepared for. Oh, I yeah, I would definitely make sure that I'm in better shape if we compete again. Absolutely. Uh, when we compete again <laughs> and win. Um, no, those guys, those guys were studs uh, from around the country. Fifteen teams, I think, uh, thirteen or twelve or thirteen showed up, and uh, it was a good time. It was all day. Uh, a lot of good dudes. No, no, uh, no bad attitudes out there. Right. Everybody was cool. Um, great facility at uh, the police and fire training uh, facility in Charlotte. Um, definitely had some takeaways, though. Uh, you know, obviously. You come back after any any competition or a sport, and you think, "What could I have done better? What did I do well?" It's just like a typical debrief. But um, these guys put together a solid scenario. Andrew Andrew Raleigh uh, and those guys at SOAR um, did a good job. Tons of facilitators, I think. Um, Absolutely, really good patience. Um, but um, just kind of a rundown. Uh, you had to put all your kit on. Everybody, uh, each team member had uh, their plate carrier, their PPE, their vest, their iPro. And then we uh, we had two big backpacks, NAR4 bags from North American Rescue stocked the same way. You could cross-load some gear from one, but you couldn't touch the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to uh, breach a door uh, with a uh, Hearst tool, which was pretty cool. The Hearst strong arm, I really want one of those really bad. Yeah, that was the first time I got to see that. <laughs> that that was, was pretty, cool. That's what I said like on my video about – I said, you know, we've been practicing with, like, 
the Halligan bar, Halligan bar, like right. hand tools, and they bring this battery powered beast out. And right. I was like, okay. And <laughs> once you once you get some purchase point on that door, it's handle that thing right open. Absolutely. And uh, after that, uh, you know, we had a security three man security team. Uh, you had to kind of do some, you know, move to cover. They would they would clear it for you, just like Rescue Task Force, because it's based off of the TECC guidelines. And uh, come up, come up upon uh, a couple cars that had been shot up or whatever, and uh, assess a few patients, uh, throw a couple tourniquets on, evac a few of those patients, and you know, you have to move those patients about 150 yards. Um, then you move those patients to about 150 yards to a casualty collection point. It's another scenario kind of takes over. They tell you, hey, you have nine casualties. Um, start triaging them. They hand you a hand, hand you a handful of tags and tell you to go to work. You're doing work. Uh, IED goes off. Somebody yells, "Officer down!" Splits our team up a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden you're faced with a security security element member who needs uh, who's been blown up. Who needs to? He's got double double amputee, I think, uh, bleeding everywhere. So you go into your you know you move from tactical field care to care under fire. Uh, throw some tourniquets on that guy and then put him on a stretcher move him another 200 yards and then another 150 <laughs> yards to a bearcat where you get another patient. Now you're doing more tactical field care. Uh, they need airway interventions. Um, they need pain control. Uh, what else do they need? Hypothermia management, uh, all the March acronym stuff. And then we move, move one of those guys. He doesn't make it. He's in the scenario. He just dies. Uh, then you move the survivor, you move him a little bit further, another hundred yards across the grass. They put, they give you a sked, a guy in a skedco. You throw him, you, throw, you pull the sked stretcher, you carry the sked stretcher, and you get a 12 minutes to do a rope evolution where you have to rig a three to one or a six to one haul system to haul him up three floors, switch it over, make it into a lowering system, lower it down, run downstairs, six flights of steps, um, and then move all this gear onto this predetermined uh, square, and then you're done. Um, super easy. Everybody just killed it. I make it sound. <laughs> I make it sound like you know, ten minutes and you're done. It was. We ran it in what forty two. Yeah. Um, and couldn't complete that rope evolution. I hobbled most of the way. <laughs> um, it was like I, I talked to a couple of guys afterwards, and it, it's funny the how like what we do triage EMS is a complete joke. Absolutely. As, like I mean, we do maybe one training session a year on. All right, okay, you've got a bus overturn. This was blah blah, blah. but these guys, they know it. Like they right. practice it. They're good at it. They're just fast through triage and just controlling major bleeding, doing kind of the major stuff, and then setting up a casualty collection point. And, and you know that's what I I thought the same thing too. Uh, I wrote down a bunch of takeaways, and uh, the first one was in in capital letters. It says basics. Um, it's the basics it was it was salt triage or start triage whichever one you like i like i'm kind of becoming a a fan of salt triage because i like to hey if you can hear me stand up walk toward me you move them out of the way and then you know who's who's hurt really bad and then we just keep going i know like the state of georgia went to salt triage and that to me it's it's a lot simpler and i like that especially under stress some things make things simple and like i said you do that gross triage like you've you can hear me, you move. So that gives you gross triage taken care of. Then you go down to your individual triage. And right. Salt, to me, is a lot easier. Way easier. Stress. Do it fast. Get it get it going, which gives you more time to set up that CCP and, and, and get, down to, get down to that indirect threat care, tactical field care. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic carries, uh, I'll, I'll read exactly what I wrote. The basic carries, um, we blow these off in class. 
because um, I think we probably focus on how great uh, 26 feet of tubular webbing is to make a hasty harness, and we pretty much drag everybody in our nice tiled classrooms uh, or carpeted classrooms, and you know the worst you worry about is rug burn. Uh, when my patient, I pulled out of the car when she went down. I couldn't put a I couldn't put a harness on her. I would have drug her across asphalt. <laughs> um, you know, if that was a if that was real life, I don't think I would have done that either. I was in the open with no security. Um, I probably would have just grabbed her wrist and tried to go to cover. There was no cover. So what do you do? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to carry the one person carry him. Halls carry the seal you know seal team three if you got two people whatever you know whatever you're doing. But we kind of blow that off and go you know hey if you've ever carried your drunk friend home from the bar before you know how to you know how to <laughs> you know how to seal team three carry somebody. Um, and we don't practice it. Right. Um, what else? The moving with gear uh, in class we don't put our gear on until the second day. Um, it, as part of our big you know two-day TECC guideline class. Um, and even then, you know, do you have, do you put your plates in there? Do you, you know, you know, you, you know, July in South Carolina, nobody wants to put their plates on there. Um, we, I got hypoxic really quickly, uh, which means I know my heart rate went up, which means I know my fine motor skills were gone. Um, and, and, and I paid, I paid for it. Yeah, I felt like it was obvious, like when you're hypoxic and you, couldn't your heart rate's 170 you're trying to breathe you know 40 times a minute that like my motor skills are gone right and we talk about that especially using firearms stuff like that and man like i went to pull to compress and i couldn't right i was like <laughs> i need i know the needle goes right there i need to work on it so and it, it looks great on the video like the video doesn't lie you can pick out like i, I we talked earlier this week uh our, during the, the scenario where the bear cat is uh we started watching other teams when we were done our run and people were like open up this this uh, pelican box that had a ventilator. It's like you were talking about earlier. You go back and you watch that video, and you can all that stuff, all that stuff that we talked about. Like you know, you get that, you get that sensory overload, and we do you know we do sensory overload in class. What do we do? We put you in the smoky connex box, or we put you in a dark room. We put the strobes on. Uh, we to fire the smoke machine up, or we play really loud music, and then again, that's only going to get you, get you so far. We we ran this course. We ran this course in daylight with great weather mm -hmm. with no you know clear eye pro on no no smoked over eye pro or vaseline on the goggles so you couldn't see or blacked out goggles um and it was still it was still that still the same problems um the fitness stuff we've i think we've talked at length all week um being a tactical athlete is a thing mm -hmm. um it's a thing you need to um you need to do it um, that's gonna that carries over. Obviously, I think normal EMS. We talk about it all the time. We know, you know, we know enough statistics out there that um, you know, in your first year of EMS, 25% of all new paramedics are gonna have a career-ending back injury, and that's a you know, that's you know, one in four. That's a lot. And um, that's what you know, I even thought about today. You know, like I feel compared to where I know we're in the bacon belt right now, but you know, I feel like I'm in pretty decent shape for as far as compared to other paramedics right. in the field and we got there like these dudes were just in phenomenal shape and that's what they're they get paid to do i mean that's what their their job is to be the best of the best and that's what they were those dudes from canada man those guys were <laughs> solid looking for a gym at like 7 30 in the morning before they did their run i just wanted to find a pillow and a snack and have a nap and have someone wake me up yep. when it was time to go and again it's, it's the wrong attitude it's, it's the wrong attitude um being able to uh perform our skills under time stress. 
where I don't think we've ever personally, I don't think we've ever done that. Um, I don't stress it in when I was teaching paramedic school, I never said, and we do, I think jokingly, you know, 30 seconds till your, you know, registry sheet says 30 seconds to your first ventilation when you initiate the, the, uh, superglottic airway, uh, sheet, you know, what does that really do? I mean, well, great. Yeah, tell we had guys yelling in our ear. All right, guys, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Um, you know, hey, we're getting shot at. Time to go. It's time to go. And then we watched. What did we do? We watched teams just blow it off and be like, well, look, I'm doing stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish criking this guy. I think in real life you're gonna catch around to the head and you're gonna be done with your crike and your patient's dead. You're dead. You're not helping anybody. Yeah, I mean, the biggest time stress we have to worry about is being off scene in 10 minutes for right. a trauma patient. So, like, and nobody's shooting at us at that point. So, right. definitely listen to your security team and stuff like that. And it, I think practice and skills under time might be, a, might be a, a, a thing. It might be something you should do. When we do it in the tech course, how, you know, how long do you tell people you should have your tourniquet on and tightened for, for self-aid, right? I mean, what do we do? You guys say, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, I know, you know, some people... It should be 45 seconds tops. It should, you know, pull should be obliterated. It should be on. Um, Hold on, I got to answer some questions over here. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Facebook on Live, Facebook by Live. the way, my so uh, the course was designed for tactical medics. I mean, that's what it was there for. Um, Chris and I do rescue task force, so we're not SWAT team, we're not door kickers, um, but we were there. Uh, they allowed us to come up, things like that. Um, so, and then, uh, Christopher says, I don't trust a paramedic with Beats headphones. So yeah, this <laughs> so, is actually, these are on loan. Yeah, these are on loan. These actually aren't mine. I'm not cool enough to wear things like this, but, um, this is Chris's daughter. She let me borrow them. So, uh, I'm not cool enough to wear Beats. So thank you guys for all everybody on Facebook live that are kind of like sitting in the background watching us right now. That's rad. Cool. Um, other stuff, uh, the time stress, you know, should be able to perform a crike under time stress. I think, uh, you know, something I'm going to try, uh, not to the point where my students are going to lose a finger or something, <laughs> but uh, something that personally I'll, I'll, I'll work on. Um, carry real people. Uh, carry in the simulates dummy who weighs about, you know, 29 pounds, 30 pounds. That's not going to cut it. Uh, our, uh, the second scenario uh, during the CCP scenario uh, he was a, uh, I believe he was a trauma FX dummy. Uh, he was every bit of 190 pounds. That mannequin was awesome. Yeah, that mannequin's super cool, but he was every bit of 190 pounds. And when we went to roll him and put him on a talon, talon litter, it was, it was, stuff got real, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> real quick. Um, so start carrying, start safely carry real people, but put people on a talon, strap them in there, you know, going back, looking through 500 plus pictures. We watched because it was a mannequin. I watched other teams, other teams carrying that patient 250 yards, and the the, uh, the quick release straps on him. They're just dangling. Mm -hmm. uh, not that you know you're going to trip over them, but again, if you're going to do it, you, you got to do it. And other people will challenge that and be like, "No, if you're getting shot at me, you're just gonna you're just gonna do however you're gonna do to move them." I get it, but if you start practicing to put that stuff together, it becomes second nature, becomes automatic. It happens before you even think about it. Um, what else? So yeah, Chris and I are working on a two-day uh, TEC class. It's not a TCCC class. It's for EMS. Um, if you're looking for a TCCC class, uh, George, I would. If you're in the area, like the southeast, uh, I would look at. Obviously, coming to North American Rescue, they do a fantastic TCCC class. 
Soar Rescue uh, does a great one. Uh, look at Jay Paisley's, uh, was it Critical? Uh, critical, why can't I think of what the A is right now? Critical something group. Um, they do a fantastic one. Um, so, um, uh, Spence, uh, who was the guy in California? Oh, Spent Brass. Spent uh, Brass. Training. Yes, he yeah. does a good one out in California. He's got good stuff. So, um, those are some people that you can look for teachable C class. But we're doing a two day trauma class this summer. Chris and I are going to do one. So, you guys are open to come. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be physical. Yeah. No, <laughs> I interrupt your podcast, my Facebook Live. Dude, I dig it. It's cool. I like it. I get nothing but time. It's people listening on the interwebs, hopefully. Um, that was really a lot. I mean, I had some other personal stuff written down. Um, you know, we I like to work out of the uh, the North American squad bag. Um, we didn't have those. We had backpacks. I don't like to work out of a backpack. Um, and then trying to cross-load tourniquets, that was a problem. But coming up with it, I also don't wear a first-line belt for – for T triple C or T E C C stuff because rescue task force even around town I don't I don't have access to that yeah uh, on the job I feel so, like you need like the tourniquet carrier like the old west that like when they put their bullets like on a the, bandolier yeah like yeah. that's what you just need tourniquets like so you can just quick draw them just boom right. boom boom and, and I thought that's what I'm thinking uh, like I said you know uh, have a dump pouch for for range days uh, or, or or classes maybe maybe I need a maybe I need a dump pouch full of tourniquets i joke and always talk about people bringing their bag of tourniquets but i mean the fanny pack but um i mean i probably need the dump pouch full of tourniquets to uh just keep deploying my luck is though i'll reach in for one 12 of them will go spilling out and you know practice <laughs> practice, practice um what else i mean a lot of personal stuff learn your ropes um you know, we struggled with the rope system we used the c tom's uh kit the rescue kit which is, you know, they're proprietary stuff. Um, you know, that's that's difficult. I can probably rig a three to one with uh, no problem with, t- you know, two pulleys, two prussics, and two beaners, and the rope, and be happy and be done. Uh, but that was part of, you know, they were a sponsor, so you got to use some some sponsors' equipment. Um, we did get to do a pre-course um, online training for it. Uh, which ended up being 250 pages online to do stuff. And again, being a slacker, uh, we had that, what, in like January? And <laughs> I looked at it the night before and got through 30 pages of, if you use our stuff and die, it's not our fault. And I went to sleep because I had to get up early to drive to Charlotte. So Yeah, my ADD was not going to let me read that book. So right, so we got some, we got on-the-scene training. Um, again, on-the-scene training while my brain was starving for oxygen. And they're like, all right, go up six flights of steps. Do what we just told you, but do it fast. You have 12 minutes. I just it didn't translate from my brain to my hands, and I was like, okay, I've set this up a thousand times, but just not with your stuff, and it wasn't working. So the other thing that we struggled with, and we weren't the only team that struggled with it, was that jet tourniquet. Ugh. And like I said, we weren't the only team that struggled with it, but you know, that thing definitely takes practice, and it's something that's not on every ambulance. You know, probably very few ambulances actually have them on their their. Uh, even at the same junction or whatever, the junctional tourniquet, very few ambulances have those on their units. So that's something we don't get practice with as, as field paramedics. So uh, that's another thing that, you know, to be familiar with that kind of stuff. And I hated that. <laughs> I hated that thing. I, I'm not a fan of it to begin with. Um, I like the same better personally. Um, but it was one of those things that was sprung on us the morning of. 
um, hey, here it is. Uh, you know, we'll get you one to play with while you guys are in the staging area. We didn't get one. Uh, and a lot of people struggled with it. I don't think everybody did, but we definitely did. A couple other teams, we watched fumble with it. Um, I like the Sam as well because you can do it up in the, the shoulders and stuff like that. Like that's, you know, the the Jets made just for femoral arteries. I think in the uh, groin. Is it? I thought it could go up in the. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't. From what I understand, it's, it's it won't go up in axillary stuff. Awesome. So. Yeah. I again, I'm not a. It's a. It's like the croc. I think you know people like the croc. Um, I I don't. I've used it twice uh, in training, and I think I always feel like I have to have an engineering degree to make that thing work. It's like an adult erector set, and but again, it's just it's exposure. If if I was to sit with that and play with it in every class, and and really you know really learn the inner workings of it again it, it's personal personal downfall i'm just like oh wound packing i'll take care of all of this i don't need a junctional tourniquet well, i obviously need a junctional tourniquet <laughs> so um you know eye opener it's good it was good that was a good thing to come out of the day great training definitely identify gaps um definitely stuff to work on and, mm-hmm. and again as someone like we both said you know we consider ourselves really good paramedics and uh, you know have a really good handle on this on this uh tactical type medicine and teach it and people come back and tell us all the time it's a great you guys did a great course i was able to use this uh, use this stuff as soon as i was on my next shift mm-hmm. um you know but again we don't carry local local services don't have junctional tourniquets on their truck um so it's just something we kind of maybe blow off because it's not something you can walk out the door and then go use so right something just a gap to work on that's all it is so what else man i loved it i had a great time i still had Absolutely. a great time i even though grossly underprepared and beat down at the end of it i, I had a great time um, definitely want to go back um, absolutely i mean those guys are just fantastic they're they're the best of the best in the business i mean there's swat teams there's federal guys there's contractors there and they're the best of the best and they were super humble about it like they were right they're like the uh uh when we, when we pulled out the chest tube set, we're like, hey, guys, we don't do chest tubes. <laughs> and they started showing us. And, you know, sit around and talk to those guys and that are doing it on a daily basis and just use it as a, a learning opportunity as well. So it was well worth the time. It's a fantastic course uh, that stressed you. And, you know, like you said, you come away. It doesn't matter if we did a South Carolina pyramid competition. There were things we could do better. Oh, yeah. And, we, you know, I honestly would have probably been shocked if we would have went up there to Charlotte and, and beat them. Yeah, and I'd have one. felt bad. I'd have felt bad for a lot of people. I'd have been <laughs> like, um, we don't do this full time. We just beat you guys. There's a problem. So, right. but for us to go up there, it was a great learning opportunity to take away from stuff and get better for next year. And it was definitely a, a sense that that was not, there was no way. And again, not to talk bad about the South Carolina competition, but we just wrote, we were writing scenarios and judging for the Carolina competition, which is held alternate years south carolina north carolina south carolina north carolina is a very big competition between the two the two states and it's great um and it was very technical but just like everything else like gems games ems today uh our competition in south carolina the state competition uh you can easily game it um and i don't think there was a way to really game uh the ntmc one no i don't think so either yeah because i mean you either you either Understood this. I mean, again, I've been going on for weeks going, well, it's such a small skill set. You know, tourniquets, chest tubes, chest seals, um, junctional tourniquet, some rope work. The skill set's not there. Chest needle. Um, it's not a big deal. Crike. Um, you're going to learn six things, do them really well. Well, then you add the hypoxia, the time stress, <laughs> the, uh, the auditory stuff, the visual stuff, um, and it becomes a big problem real quick if you're 
you know, you can't game it and be like, oh, I preloaded my bilateral needle decompression set and I taped it to my hands. It, you couldn't do that. Right. So it just um, doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's not like, you know, you go to Gems games and people have pre-connected IVs and, <laughs> you know, they already have their their paralytics drawn up in such a way you were handed paralytics if you if you were smart enough to realize it was time to put this guy down and do some trauma pharmacology they were like hey there's your uh, there's your txa there's your fentanyl go ahead and do it and you were you had two syringes and you're like well i need this syringe you're like well this is the syringe you got make it work so there was no like you know figure it out ahead of time you just knew you should be able to know i know how to mix drugs really well i know what drug i want to give i want to be able to do the dilution i want to be able to do is it iv is it iv push or iv drip um, so things to you know try to vary it, vary that training, and not just get into that comfort zone of, all right, guys, we're gonna learn TXA. It's a gram and gram and a hundred. We're gonna run it over ten minutes. You know, here you go. Here's the actual vial. It's a gram in there. Just suck all of it out. Change the concentration. And say there's two grams in there. So under stress, when your hands are shaking, you have to draw out half the volume, <laughs> put it into the bag, and then set that up. Um, it's, it's, it sounds like a minor difference, but again, when your heart rate's 150 and you, you know, your pulse ox is reading, you know, 88, um, <laughs> and you're sucking wind, it's, it sucks really quick. <clears throat> but, but other than that, I, like I said, I, I had a blast. I can't wait to go back. I want to hang out with those dudes. I want to do some training. So absolutely. That's kind of my point too. I was like, there's a couple classes that I want to take, um, from Jay Paisley. Obviously I want to go down there. He does a three day trauma class. I want to get in the Creek. I want to learn from that guy. Uh, and then Soar Rescue does some classes. Uh, I feel like if they can put on that good of competition, then that probably says what Soar Rescue can do for a class. So yeah. um, they do some TCCC classes. They have the week-long practitioner course. So that's definitely on my wish list to take. Mm, I agree. Cool, man. Definitely, definitely a good time. So, so what else? What else? Uh, I think as the first episode of this podcast, and not to beat you guys, like I said, we're not going to – we're not going to Joe Rogan experience. It's not going to be nine hours of us talking. Um, I do, again, I always think, like I said, I want to have my friends on. I want to talk about stuff in EMS. And, you know, if you guys haven't watched Dietrich's YouTube channel, The Skinny Medic, um, absolutely check it out. But the most ironic thing, and he's probably going to be mad that I say it, the most ironic thing about his YouTube fame is the day that we met, he, like, absolutely was like, oh, the cat turned kid's garbage. You don't need that. I, I did. Can, I can make it out of a T-shirt. I can make it out of a cravat and a stick I find on the ground. And I was like, "All right, well, you know, it was like now nah, this conversation took place at like quarter quarter of uh, five in the morning while we're doing shift that. change and at one of our EMS stations." And you know, he didn't know me from anybody. I really didn't know him. And he's on and on and on. And I think his partner was like baiting him into it because they knew like I was just in the fa- I was just at the point of finishing up research at, at our EMS service and getting cat tourniquets put on the truck and getting King Airways put on the truck way back 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. And uh, he was just like, oh, he's like, he's cravat, dude, you know, turn a, turn it with a Lincoln log, it'll be fine. <laughs> and, you know, like a year later, he's like selling them and he's like, oh my God, cat tourniquets are awesome. You know, we've all, we've both put them on, we've both stopped arterial bleeds with them and, you know, here, you know, here we are evolving with, uh, with evolving with tactical medicine, you know, the business is doing great medical gear outfitters. If you guys need to go buy first aid kits, first aid kit components, go check them out. Um, yeah, that's definitely funny that we met. I remember that day, that morning, like you said, it's butt crack of dawn. And you're <laughs> like, I, I do think my partner baited me in on that. Like, cause I came from a smaller service. We didn't do tourniquets. And like I said, that was, 
it was it was starting to come that way, and I was like, man, you don't need a tourniquet. Like, I could, I've never used a tourniquet in a few years. I've been an EMS, blah blah. <laughs> and now I make a living on tourniquets. Like I talk to you guys about tourniquets. I talk to you, you know, I sell tourniquets. I everything tourniquets. If I put a video on tourniquets on YouTube, it goes crazy. Um, even how to make a, a tourniquet. I did that video. That's supposed to be on the History Channel coming up soon. Just how the, to ma- the Paul Gomez way, yeah. man. I miss Paul. I was. A, I love that. It's my alternative. It's my go-to alternative. Uh, I always have a cravat. I always have a, always have keys with a big key ring, and I always have a carabiner on my backpack or in my in my pocket. So yeah, it was one of those. That's, if you're gonna do it, that's the way I do it. Um, but no, I, I always think it's the funniest <laughs> thing, you know. And then it's always weird. It's always weird stuff with me and Dietrich. Um, we never when we competed, we never worked together. Um, we actually never worked a shift together until after we won a competition. Um, so again, you know, it's just a funny, stupid stuff in EMS and. That's doesn't need to always be the podcast isn't always going to be like, hey, guess what? We're going to cover today. We're going to do Reboa and DIY Reboa in the field. No, we're not going to do that. We'll talk. <laughs> we can talk about it, but it's mostly going to be me, my friends. Dietrich will be on a lot because he's local and we hang out. So we'll do it. Um, we'll pop up in different places. The uh, Swamp Rabbit Pre-Hospital Medical Conference is coming up uh, June 4th. 16 and 17 if you're in the upstate of south carolina or if you're not come in see the city pay 75 bucks go to two days of uh decent uh decent medical education i think we're having uh i think uh reed smith is going to be here from c-tech uh dietrich's going to talk about some austere medicine stuff uh god there's there's tons of stuff uh dr hobbs my dog Dr. Hobbs is going to do a uh, single finger thoracostomy lecture. It's going to be fun. Uh, everyone will walk out of there thinking they're going to be sticking their finger in someone's chest and cutting the chest to put a tube in. Dogs. Yeah, the dogs. Hey, are you done? Oh. So someone on my Facebook Live says, what level of medical training do you think the average person should have? Um... Obviously, I think you should have basic first aid, things like that. CPR is huge. Um, that's how you're going to save a life is knowing CPR and feeling comfortable doing CPR. So if you don't have CPR training, absolutely get into a CPR class and then uh, take take a basic first aid class. If you can get to South Carolina, come take my trauma class. You'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Get in there. There's tons of stuff out there. You know, we're hitting the Stop the Bleed campaign, First Care Provider, Red Cross, basic first aid, advanced first aid. I don't know if that's still around. Um, you know, that's how we started. But um, it's out there. Go out there. Get with your local community groups. Check at your church. Or, you know, like us, like the A-team. If you can find us and you want to hire us, dude, we'll come teach you. All right? It's Band-Aid stuff. Sticky side down. We'll figure it out. We'll get, <laughs> it, we'll get you trained. We'll get you, we'll get you proficient. We'll get you ready to respond. So, What else? I don't know. That's really it. That's That's it. it. I think it's enough. I think it's yeah. enough for the first one. So we'll do it again. I hope you guys like it. The uh, Medic Up podcast. If you guys have ideas, uh, I'll be sending out the uh, in the, the show notes. I'll throw the email address, the website address. It's really simple. www.respondersolutionsgroup.com. Actually worked out. Um, and you guys can leave if you leave comments because I'm sure everyone will hate on us and tell us why we shouldn't have been at that competition and how they would have done it. And we'll see you next year. It's only capped to 15 teams. So get your money in soon when you see it advertised and we'll see you out there on the competition field. 
until then, man, guys, keep it cool. And uh, you know where to find us on the interwebs, man.